It's 7 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast, 3 p.m. in London, midnight in New South Wales, and in Malaysia, we have returned to the Dark Ages. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. And this little girl is Miko. Miko, say hi. Say hi. <laughs> Who's that? Look up there. Who is that beautiful girl? Who is that? That looks like you, doesn't it? It does. Miko is here because she wanted to let you know that you have to go and order your Miko merchandise. And she wanted to let you see what the Miko merchandise looked like. Um, <clears throat> there is a link in a lot of my uh, social media accounts. Uh, I can't post it here because you can't click on it. So it's um, streamlabs.com slash jsheldonnopants slash merch, M-E-R-C-H. Just search twitch.tv, Jay Sheldon, no pants, merchandise. You'll find it in the about section. But yeah, see that, Miko? Look, we got a coffee mug. And if you look at the coffee mug, on the other side of it is you. Check it out. That's you. Huh? Do you approve? Yes, you approve? Okay. She approves. Okay. And that's not all. We've got, let's see, what else have we got? Back, here we go, back. All right, we got Miko merch, no pants sweatshirt. We got t-shirts. We got Miko mouse pad, look at that. Miko mouse pad. And we have stickers. You can buy stickers and put them on whatever you wanna stick. Miko Spiral Notebook. It's kind of hidden there. There you go. Miko grabbing on to my head in the I'm not wearing pants universe. Also, oh cool, look, a Miko singlet. Nice. You like that one? Hmm? You like that one? Check that one out. That's nice. It's very nice. You look very pretty in that one. And a Miko hat. And finally, this one that you can't see. Let me let me shove this over. Eh, oh no, that's our. There you go. That's our T-shirt. Let's go back. Where are you going, little girl? Okay, this one here. On this side, this is the one that she demanded. Ah, uh, see now she's interested. See now she wants to see. This is the one that only has her. She said, "If you're gonna, if you're gonna exploit me for marketing." then I want my own hat. So there you go, that's the Miko hat. And this is the Miko hat with the marketing. <laughs> All right, again, it's uh, streamlabs.com, J. Sheldon, no pants, merch, if you would like. And <laughs> look at this, she's just sitting up on the lap there. Who's that? Who's that? That's you. <laughs> All right, buddy. What are you doing? Are you still looking for cookies? Are you still looking for cookies? Hmm? Yes? Okay. All right. 
You want to get down so Daddy can start the show? Hmm? Yeah? No? You want to hang up here? Okay. <laughs> she wants to hang around. All right. Um, all right, buddy boy. Here we go. Can you say bye? Can you say bye? Say bye. Say bye, everybody. Okay. Okay. All right. Good girl. All right. Good girl. That's for you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, there you go. Miko made an appearance. Um, yes, for those of you wondering, I am, I'm growing my goatee back. Uh, not all full in gross, but just stubbly stuff. And it's only just started, so you can't see it very well. But yeah, I'm a... Uh, I don't know why. I'm bored. I'm under house arrest. So what else is there to do but grow facial hair? <laughs> why not? Yeah. Okay. Let me dump the uh, the Miko merch. There we go. Okay. And uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight. And as the thumbnail said, yes, we're going to talk about kids' cigarettes, the king's bong, and the sound of bamboo. Trust me, you don't want to miss this. There, I hope I can get the audio to play on the stream because you know me in tech. But there is a video that I found that is unbelievable. It is so... If you're into this whole Zen thing, which I am, uh, it's amazing. It's the sound of bamboo. Mm. Speaking of bamboo, well, there's no bamboo on it. But yes, I'm wearing a button-down shirt tonight. For our podcast listeners, sorry, but if you go to rumble.com, I'm not wearing pants. You can watch the video version of our show afterwards. It'll be up within 12 hours. 404, hello there. Good to have you along for the ride. Thank you. But yeah, I've got my uh, my beach shirt on tonight. I got all kinds of palm trees and little guys spearing fish or whatever they're doing and some birds. And Miko, you're going to hang around? Okay. Miko's going to hang around tonight. <laughs> Good to see you, 404. Thanks for joining. Um, yes, we are indeed a podcast. Some of you are listening after the fact, uh, beyond our live stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch.tv. Uh, you can find us. Our live stream also happens on uh, Apple, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, also um, Spotify, Amazon Music, you may be listening to us over there. On Google Podcasts, any one of these places, wherever your favorite podcasts are, audio podcasts, just search I'm Not Wearing Pants and you will likely find it. Radio Public, Stitcher, they're all there. And of course, if you want to help support the show, I have a Patreon account. Just signed up for that. A couple of real cool deals there. Check that out. You can support the show on Patreon. Uh, just look for Jay Sheldon, J-A-Y. S-H-E-L-D-O-N. And I think it scrolls down here, too, if you want a reminder. So if you wouldn't mind, that would be appreciated. No obligation, of course. But, um, yeah, we've got a, a special. If you sign up for a kind of an elevated membership, then you get some recordings from the voice guy. So, all right. Uh, what else have we got to do? I think that's pretty much uh, the end of our housekeeping. Of course, thank you for uh, for joining us. Be sure you subscribe, like, and share uh, the live stream. Nice to have everybody along out there. You will see this on rumble.com. I'm not wearing pants. Sign up for an account. It's free. And subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I need the subscriptions. Please subscribe. Okay. 
I, I'll stop bothering you about that now. <laughs> oh, man. I'm telling you. <clears throat> I'm going to wind up in trouble eventually. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, I've got to make sure I've got all my stuff uh, situated here. So let me just be doubly sure that I do. Okay. First, uh, some amazing news for a Malaysian. And wow, what a big deal this is. This is such a cool thing. A first for Malaysian women as Angie earns the coveted Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Well-deserved, fantastic. And I'm telling you, if you know Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, they don't screw around. I'm telling you, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is some crazy stuff. You do not want to tangle with somebody. Uh, that is Angie there getting her belt from Coach Professor Denilson Pimenta in Naples, Florida. What an accomplishment. That is amazing. A Malaysian woman, exponent, created a history when she was accorded with the coveted Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt in the U.S. recently. Angie Bartholomew from Tuaran Saba earned the title at the Evolution MMA Academy in Naples, Florida over the weekend in a simple upgrading ceremony. This is the first for Malaysian women. That is fantastic. We congratulate her for that. Absolutely amazing accomplishment. Not easy to do and <laughs> not an easy sport. Speaking of things that are not easy to do, you know the story from the Bible of Jonah and the whale? Uh, if you don't, I, I, I don't actually know it that well. I know this guy named Jonah got swallowed by a, by a whale and then somehow he was saved. Uh, the specifics of that, I don't know. Uh, anyway, it's actually happened. Yeah, really. Check this out. I was completely inside. Lobster diver swallowed by a humpback whale off of Provincetown. Provincetown in uh, Cape Cod in Massachusetts. I think it's at the very end of the hook of, uh, of Cape Cod. This is insane. A little before 8 a.m. Friday, veteran lobster diver Michael Packard ended the water for his second dive of the day. His vessel was off Herring Cove Beach, surrounded by a fleet of boats catching striped bass. Water temperature, a balmy 60 degrees, that's Fahrenheit, and the visibility about 20 feet. Licensed commercial lobster divers actually just go down and they pluck the divers, uh, the lobsters off the bottom. Um, Packard was he's 56 years old, uh, drove down Friday morning, and um, the food chain was in full evidence. About 10 feet from the bottom, Packard suddenly knew what it was like to be a part of that food chain. <laughs> Here's the guy, check out this. This is the guy in the hospital after having been swallowed by a whale. No kidding, this is insane. Um, something truly biblical, he was swallowed whole by a humpback whale. He says, all of a sudden I felt this huge shove and the next thing I knew I was completely in darkness, completely black. Packard recalled Friday afternoon following his release from a Cape Cod hospital. 
in Hyannis. He could sense he was moving, he says, but he uh, could feel the whale squeezing with the muscles of his mouth. Initially, he thought he was inside a great white shark, but when he felt around inside, he realized he couldn't feel any teeth, and he hadn't suffered any obvious wounds, and it quickly dawned on him that he had actually been swallowed by a whale. That is insane. Uh, Completely inside, he said, completely black. I thought to myself, there is no way I'm getting out of here. I'm done. I'm dead. And all I could think of was my boys. They're 12 and 15 years old. Outfitted with scuba gear, he struggled and the whale began shaking his head so that Packard could tell he didn't like it. So he kept doing that, you know, bopping around inside the whale's mouth. He estimated he was in the whale for about 30 to 40 seconds before the whale finally surfaced. He saw light, and the whale started throwing his head from side to side, and the next thing he knew, he was outside and in the water. Unbelievable. Look at this guy. He was completely inside a whale. That is nuts. He survived. He's fine. Minor injuries. He was checked and released from the hospital. And, uh, and that was it. There was all this action on, action on the top of the water. Uh, his uh, sister uh, saw it happen. So they picked him up, called uh, for emergency help by radio, took him to the hospital. And um, later on, he was released. That's insane. Absolutely insane. Wow. (laughs) Oh, man. And speaking of insane, a friend of mine posted this on Facebook earlier, I think today, yesterday or today. And it reminded me of the crazy things that we used to do as kids when I was a kid. And the insane, well, nowadays would be considered not even insane. It just would not be allowed. You just simply couldn't do this. This is what I'm talking about. I don't know who made this. It doesn't, I can't read it. Mr. Something. (laughs) This is a kid's toy set. Yes, it's a play lighter. Oh boy, Ah, what fun. It comes with not just a play lighter, but a lighter battery, because this is a little light bulb here that lights up when when you hit the switch, and a pack of Philip Morris Bubblegum cigarettes. <laughs> Yummy! Back in the days when they used to have ads for, uh, you know, like, nine out of ten doctors recommend Philip Morris for a smooth taste. In my best 1950s radio voice. <laughs> oh, man. Could you imagine? I mean, who would even propose pitching something like that these days? Mm, Let's do fake cigarette packs for kids. Oh, boy. (laughs) All right. They made a discovery. Uh, Where was this? Let me see. Let me see. Let me read ahead a little bit. Um, Oh, in Russia. In Russia. Um, (laughs) Different kinds of opiates have been used for millennia by ancient civilizations. So it doesn't really come uh, as a surprise that they have unearthed a 2,400-year-old solid gold bong. More than one. Bongs, plural. 
that were used by kings to smoke cannabis. <laughs> That's according to the experts. It doesn't come as a surprise. Hallucinogens have been used by a lot of ancient cultures during religious ceremonies. People traded drugs thousands of years ago, which is why it isn't much of a surprise when you hear that archaeologists have actually found two 2,400-year-old pure gold bongs used by Aryan tribal kings to smoke cannabis during tribal rituals. Check this out. Look at that. You got the base here where I assume you put the water, the lid, some little tinier things here, whatever those are, the pipes. Basically, it's a bong. It was used 2,400 years ago. That's amazing. Uh, excavating a site in Russia to make room for the placement of power lines. The gold bongs uh, excavated in addition to more than seven pounds of other golden artifacts that experts say belong to the same culture. Archaeologists recovered golden cups, rings, and necklaces among the uh, artifacts. Look at this. This is a close-up of parts of the bong. Look at the work. Two, almost 2,500 years ago. Look at that. That is absolutely incredible. Amazing. So, they were token up a bong 2,500 years ago. Imagine that. <laughs> <clears throat> Insane. I love that story. All right. I hope, I hope I can get this to work because you have got to hear this. This is a post uh, from Mario Alia uh, of the Sagano Bamboo Forest. The Sagano Bamboo Forest is in Arashiyama, Kyoto, and it is the sound of the Sagano Bamboo. It is absolutely incredible. Now, I'm going to turn the sound on, and the chances are you're going to hear my voice start to echo. So if it does, I'm sorry about that. But I'm trying to get this sound so it works. All right. Let me know if you can hear this because it is absolutely beautiful. Here we go. Is that coming through? The visuals alone are really beautiful. I hope you can hear this. Look at that. Can you hear that? It's beautiful. Absolutely stunning. You don't hear it. Crap. All right. I tried, sorry. I don't know why it's not coming through. Um, that's really weird. Let me try one more thing. Right, we'll, try, we'll try playing it again. See if this works. Nothing, huh? All right, no worries. We tried. I will dub that into the podcast, so check it out. And if you're listening to the podcast, you actually heard it, because before I put that up, as a podcast, uh, 
I will, uh, I'll stick it up there so you all can hear it because you, you got to hear it with the audio. Uh, if you want, just check it out. Um, let me see where this was posted. Uh, well, go to uh, Sagano Bamboo Forest, S-A-G-A-N-O on Facebook. You can check it out there. It's, uh, yeah, it's amazing. You got to hear the sound. It's so cool. All right. Mm. A little coffee. Yum. I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. Okay. A couple of political commentary things tonight because we can't go a night without having some sort of, some sort of political commentary. And I found a couple things that I love. Um, I was wondering, did you hear about the children of Asia? I did not hear about, quote, children of Asia, end quote. Um, But tell me more or I'll look it up after the screen. Um, This is from uh, Politically Incorrect. And man, I'm telling you, if you live in the U.S., I'm not not even going to get into the media here in Malaysia because it's just not worth talking about because it isn't really media. It's just a mouthpiece, but regardless, they don't, you know, there's no such thing as actual journalism. And strangely enough, in the U.S., journalism has been dead for a long time. It's just a joke. Um, But the problem is, it's not just journalists. I found this quote, which is absolutely incredible and absolutely true. The real villains in America aren't black people. They aren't white people. They aren't Asians. They aren't Latinos. They're not women. They're not gay people. They are the radical journalists and the teachers and the professors who do nothing but sow division between the American people. How true that is. Sadly, how true that is. Stop watching and listening to those people because they're just hurting. They're not doing anything to make life better. They're doing everything they can to make life worse. And it's sad. It really is. And kind of connected to that is this. Do you know Thomas Sowell? If you don't, you need to read Thomas Sowell. He is incredible. He is so insightful. He speaks it like he sees it. And um, it's incredible. Thomas Sowell, uh, I use his quotes a lot on this show because I love Thomas Sowell and things he says, including this, which is absolutely brilliant. Almost any country on earth could take this advice. The last person to trust with power is someone who's dying to have it. The best person to wield power is someone who is reluctant to do so, but who will do it for a while as a civic duty. That is why term limits should make it impossible to have a whole career in politics. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Mr. Thomas Sowell. Fantastic. Really. The man speaks the truth. Look him up. Thomas Sowell. S-O-W-E-L-L. Brilliant guy. Brilliant author. 
and uh, an amazing man. Uh, 404, there's a thing, an Olympics-level children's sports tournament for the countries and regions of Asia. Really? I had not heard about that, but I will look it up. We'll talk about it on the show if I, if it's interesting. I sounds like it would be very interesting, especially an Olympic level. Wow. In fact, I don't have the story because I didn't save it to queue it up to talk about. But since you brought it up, uh, the uh, the Olympics in Japan uh, happening and the Malaysian Olympic team may or may not wind up competing. Um, because of our high level of infections here, um, the Olympic Committee in Japan is requiring them to do some sort of quarantine for 14 days or something, which would mean they would not get the chance to train other than in their quarantine hotel rooms, which is a bit stupid. But anyway, because of our high numbers, uh, they're... I don't know, there's a chance maybe they won't compete. Or even if they decide to go, that, you know, obviously they're going to be handicapped uh, pretty severely. But, yeah, that story hit the headlines uh, earlier this week about the uh, Malaysian Olympic Committee. I sure the hell hope not, because, man, I'm telling you, those guys give their all. They give their heart and souls, every man and woman, on that, uh, on all the Olympic teams that... Uh, they send from all over the world, but here in Malaysia, I mean, obviously close to my heart and, um, the amount of years of training and, you know, you go through it and it's an every, it's a life for you. It's your life. And then because of this ridiculousness to have that one, perhaps one and only chance in your whole life to fulfill that dream of competing and in an Olympics snatched away from you is just, it's not fair. Uh, it's not fair. I hope somehow they can work something out. But, um, man, that would that would suck big time. All right, I don't want to leave you on a bad note, so I got to leave you with something good. And it's, some, you know, Mika was here at the start of the show tonight, so I found this and I thought, yeah, boy, if you want to know what it's like living with the Shiba Inu, this is it. I look at the dog hair on the floor and I think, look at the dog and wonder, how are you not bald? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I've got like an extra three or four Shebas running around the house. There's literally that much dog hair. Now she's, Sheba Inus have what's called a blow. Twice a year, usually, they go crazy with their shedding. It just falls off of them everywhere. The house is covered. Everything is covered. My clothes are covered. My eyes are covered. Everything is covered in Shiba Inu hair. Um, however, but um, <laughs> that's twice a year. It gets really bad. They shed all the time anyway, but twice a year, it's horrible. And when they're having one of their blows, this is exactly it. I look at the dog hair on the floor. I look at the dog and I wonder, why aren't you bald? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. 
Uh, let's see. I was checking to see if Children of Asia is relevant because I was a volunteer there once. Ah, okay. I, you know, honestly, I know absolutely nothing about it, but I promise you, after the stream tonight, I will check it out. I'll look it up. I'll see what I can find out about it, and we'll talk about it because it sounds really cool. A, a children's level Olympic tournament. That's brilliant. Uh, for Asia. Very nice. Invis Toby. Hello. Hey, good to see you. Oh, we got a laugh instead of an applaud. Nice to have you along for the ride, Invis. Thanks. Uh, managed to get to one. <laughs> Hi. It's good that you finally managed to get here. That's great. Um, nice to, uh, nice to see you. Um, we've been doing a little mishmash of absolutely everything tonight. Um, we did uh, Miko and Miko merch. We've got that. Missed so many because of work. Oh, no. Well, that sucks. Quit your job just so you can watch the show. <laughs> yeah, no, don't quit your job, okay? No matter what, don't quit your job. But if you miss any of our shows, you can catch up by going to rumble.com. Rumble.com, you sign up for a free account. It's a very cool alternative to YouTube. Uh, we are on YouTube and Twitch.tv and Facebook. But Rumble.com, please, if you can, sign up for a free account there. You'll find all kinds of cool viral videos. There's some political stuff and sports, technology, science, all kinds of cool videos. But um, uh, also at Rumble.com, search I'm not wearing pants and subscribe, please. I need subscriptions over there. I'm begging again. I'm sorry. I promised I wouldn't do much of that, but there you go. Uh, Rumble.com slash I'm not wearing pants and please subscribe. So yeah, Miko merch. Miko merch is on our twitch.tv page through Streamlabs. You can find it there. And um, let's see. I'll do one more plug. Okay. I promised I wouldn't go too crazy with this tonight. But one more plug. Mika was on in the front of the show. And there you go. The J. Sheldon No Pants store is there. And you can find uh, this very cool mug, which has Miko also on it. There she is. She's on our mug. <laughs> We've also got uh, No Pants Miko sweatshirt, T-shirt, uh, mouse pad, stickers, a spiral notebook, a singlet, and a cap with our normal Miko logo. And then of course, Miko insisted that if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna use her and abuse her for merchandising, then she wanted, she wanted her own hat. So this is Miko's hat with just her on it. If that one sells better than the other one, I'm gonna be very upset. So there you go, some Miko merch. And again, it's streamlabs.com, J Sheldon No Pants merch is where you can find that. So please do check it out. Oh, man. Oh, I will do anything for a buck, won't I? <laughs> Excuse me. All right. It is time to move on and into our... Uh, it's a temporary job, Invis Toby. Well, good luck with your temporary job. That's fantastic. It's good that you have a job, uh, especially this day and age. Although, I guess from what I see in here, uh, the economy in the U.S. is doing pretty well. Sadly, the unemployment rate is not, and you might be headed to some other issues with the uh, economy and things, but um, hope the jobs market anyway, there's a lot of jobs, but there's apparently people aren't 
filling the jobs. Then again, if the government gives you more money to stay home and not work, then you can make in a job, uh, duh, people are going to stay home and not work. So there you go for that. All right. Um, we are going to move on into, it's, oh, UK. A lot of temp, part-time, hourly stuff. All right. Well, look, a job is a job is a job. Nothing wrong with that. All right, we're going to move on into The Little Prince. And we've been reading, uh, we've done five chapters so far. Um, the Little Prince is the uh, book that we've uh, been moved on to after um, Peter Pan. And it's fascinating. It really is a very, very cool book. I'm glad we picked this one. I hadn't read it before. I knew about it. I knew, basically read a synopsis, but... Uh, I had never read the book before. The first time for me. If it's the first time for you, I think you'll enjoy it. If you're a fan of The Little Prince, then hope you enjoy my reading of it. <laughs> We're moving on into chapter six. And finally, I've got the illustrations. Yes. So when they come up in the book, now you will be able to see them on the stream. Uh, if you're watching, if you're listening on the podcast, sorry, but you can check it out on rumble.com and you can watch the video version of our show. All right, here we go. Chapter six, the little prince and the narrator talk about sunsets. Oh, little prince, bit by bit, I came to understand the secrets of your sad little life. For a long time, you had found your only entertainment in the quiet pleasures of looking at the sunset. I learned that new detail on the morning of the fourth day. When you said to me, I am very fond of sunsets. Come, let's go look at a sunset now. Well, we must wait, I said. Wait? For what? For the sunset. We must wait until it's time. At first you seemed to be very much surprised, and then you laughed to yourself, and you said to me, I am always thinking that I am at home. Uh, just so everybody knows that when it's noon in the United States, the sun is setting over France. If you could fly to France in one minute, you could go straight into the sunset right from noon. Unfortunately, France is too far away for that. But on your tiny planet, my little prince, all you need to do is move your chair a few steps you can see the day end and the twilight falling whenever you like. One day, you said to me, I saw the sunset 40 times. And a little later, you added, you know, one loves the sunset when one is so sad. Were you sad then, I asked, on the day of the 44 sunsets? But the little prince made no reply. Michael Axe 66. I have the cover of this book tattooed on my back. I'm sorry, that's a comment in the chat. <laughs> wow, seriously. Well, I hope you're enjoying this. That's a commitment. All right, chapter seven. The narrator learns about the secret of the little prince's life. On the fifth day, again, as always, it was thanks to the sheep the secret of the little prince's life was revealed to me. Abruptly, without anything to lead up to it, 
and as if the question had been born of long and silent meditation on his problem, he demanded, A sheep, if it eats little bushes, does it eat flowers too? A sheep, I answered, eats anything it finds in its reach, even flowers that have thorns. Then the thorns, what use are they? I didn't know. At that moment, I was very busy trying to unscrew a bolt that had got stuck in my engine. I was very much worried, for it was becoming clear to me that the breakdown of my plane was extremely serious, and I had so little drinking water left that I had to fear for the worst. The thorns, what use are they? The little prince never let go of a question. Once he had asked it. As for me, I was upset over that bolt, and I answered with the first thing that came into my head. The thorns are of no use at all. Flowers have thorns just for spite. Oh, there was a moment of complete silence. Then the little prince flashed back at me with a kind of resentfulness. I don't believe you. Flowers are weak creatures. They are... They reassure themselves as best they can. They believe that their thorns are terrible weapons. Well, I did not answer. And at that instance, I was saying to myself, if this bolt still won't turn, I am going to knock it out with the hammer. Again, the little prince disturbed my thoughts. And you actually believe that the flowers... Oh, no, I cried. No, no, no. I don't believe anything. I answered you with the first thing that came in my head. Don't you see? I'm very busy with matters of consequence. He stared at me, thunderstruck. Matters of consequence? He looked at me there with my hammer in my hand, my fingers black with engine grease, bending down over an object which seemed to him extremely ugly. You talk just like the grown-ups. That made me a little ashamed, but he went on relentlessly. You mix everything up together. You confuse everything. He was really very angry. He tossed his golden curls in the breeze. I know a planet where there is a certain red-faced gentleman. He has never smelled a flower. He has never looked at a star. He's never loved anyone. He has never done anything in his life but add up figures. And all day, he says over and over, just like you, I am busy with matters of consequence. And that makes him swell up with pride. But he's not a man. He's a mushroom. A what? A mushroom. The little prince was now white with rage. The flowers have been growing thorns for millions of years. For millions of years, the sheep had been eating them just the same. And it's not a matter of consequence to try to understand why the flowers go to so much trouble to grow thorns, which are never any use to them. Is the warfare between the sheep and the flowers not important? 
Is it not of more consequence than a fat, red-faced gentleman's sums? And if I know I myself one flower which is unique in the world, which grows nowhere but on my planet, but which one little sheep can destroy in a single bite some morning, without even noticing that he's doing. Oh, you think that's not important? His face turned from white to red as he continued. If someone loves a flower, of which just one single blossom grows, in all the millions and millions of stars, it is enough to make him happy just to look at the stars. And he can say to himself, somewhere, my flower is there. But if the sheep eats the flower, in one moment, all of his stars will be darkened. And you think that's not important? He could not say anything more. His words were choked by sobering. The night had fallen. I had let my tools drop from my hands of what moment now was my hammer, my bolt, or thirst, or death. One star on one planet, my planet, the Earth, there was a little prince who had to be comforted. I took him in my arms and rocked him, and I said to him, The flower that you love is not in danger. I will draw you a muzzle for your sheep. I will draw you a railing to put around your flower. I will... I did not know what to say to him. I felt awkward and blundering. I, I didn't know how I could reach him, where I could overtake him and go on hand in hand with him once more. It is such a secret place, the land of tears. Chapter 8 The Rose Arrives at the Little Prince's Planet I soon learned to know this flower better. On the Little Prince's Planet, the flowers had always been very simple. They had only one ring of petals. They took up no room at all. They were a trouble to nobody. One morning they would appear in the grass, and by night they would have faded peacefully away. But one day... From a seed blown from no one knew where, a new flower had come up, and the little prince had watched very closely over this small sprout, which was not like any other small sprout on his planet. It might, you see, have been a new kind of baobab. The shrub soon stopped growing, and began to get ready to produce a flower. The little prince, who was present at the first appearance of a huge bud, felt at once that some sort of miraculous apparition must emerge from it. But the flower was not satisfied to complete the preparations for her beauty in the shelter of her green chamber. She chose her colors with the greatest care. She adjusted her petals one by one, she did not wish to go out into the world all crumpled, like the field poppies. It was only in the full radiance of her beauty that she wished to appear. Oh, yes, 
She was a coquettish creature, and her mystery adornment lasted for days and days. Then, one morning, exactly at sunrise, she suddenly showed herself. And after working with all this painstaking precision, she yawned and said, Ah, I am scarcely awake. I beg that you will excuse me. My petals are still all disarranged. But the little prince could not restrain his admiration. Oh, how beautiful you are! Am I not? the flower responded sweetly. And I was born at the same moment as the sun. The little prince could guess easily enough that she was not any too modest. But how moving and exciting she was. I think it's time for breakfast, she added an instant later. If you would have the kindness to think of my needs. And the little prince, completely abashed, went to look for a sprinkling can of fresh water. So he tended the flower. So, too, she began very quickly to torment her him with his her vanity, which was, if the truth be known, a little difficult to deal with. One day, for instance, when she was speaking of her four thorns, she said to the little prince, Let the tigers come with their claws. Oh, there are no tigers on my planet, the little prince objected. And anyway... Tigers do not eat weeds. I am not a weed, the flower replied sweetly. Oh, please excuse me. I am not at all afraid of tigers, she went on, but I have a horror of drafts. I suppose you wouldn't have a screen for me. A horror of drafts? That is bad luck for a plant, remarked the little prince, and added to himself, This flower is a very complex creature. At night, I want you to put me under a glass globe. It's very cold where you live. In the place I come from, she interrupted, her, she interrupted herself at that point. She'd come in the form of a seed. She could not have known anything of any other worlds. Embarrassed over having let herself be caught on the verge of such a untruth, she coughed two or three times in order to put the little prince in the wrong. Uh, the screen? I was just going to look for it when you spoke to me. And then she forced her cough a little more so that he should suffer from remorse just the same. So the little prince, in spite of all the good that was inseparable from his love, had soon come to doubt her. He had taken seriously words which were without importance and made him very unhappy. I ought not to have listened to her, he confided to me one day. One never ought to listen to flowers. One should simply look at them and breathe their fragrance. Mine perfumed all my planet, but I did not know how to take pleasure in all her grace. 
This tale of claws, which disturbed me so much, should only have filled my heart with tenderness and pity. And he continued his confidences. The fact is that I did not know how to understand anything. I ought to have judged my deeds and not by words. She cast her fragrance and her radiance over me. I ought never to have run away from her. I ought to have guessed all the affection that lay between behind her poor little stratagems. Flowers are so inconsistent. But I was too young to know how to love her. And that's where we'll end it for tonight. Coming up next stream, which will be on Monday night, we'll do chapter nine, The Little Prince Leaves His Planet. So there you go. <laughs> that's The Little Prince. Very cool. Michael, is that you, Michael? I believe that it is. It must be with that screen name. <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, that is my brother, Michael, who was on our 50th episode. So if you are on rumble.com, I'm not wearing pants, subscribe and check out episode 50. You will see my brother, Michael. It's a crazy episode. We talk about our life, his life, my life, life in general. And uh, it was a lot of fun. That's episode 50, our 50th episode, which reminds me, I just realized this is episode 73 tonight. We're not that far away from my 100th episode. <laughs> Imagine. I got to think of something very special for my 100th episode. We can have, maybe we can have my brother back. Not that you're not important, Michael, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Uh, we'll see. We'll we'll see what's going on. Anyway, yes, good to have you along. Thanks, Michael. Hope you're enjoying The Little Prince. I know it's one of your favorite books. And in fact, Michael Acts 66, if you're if you have the cover of that book tattooed on your back, that's gotta be one of your favorites. That's a lifelong commitment. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Don't forget uh streamlabs.com. I'm not wearing pants, merch. Check out Jay Sheldon, No Pants merch uh, over there on twitch.tv. Uh, order what you can if you can help out. We're also on Patreon. Just look me up, Jay Sheldon, on Patreon. Join up if you'd like to help support it. And if you uh, join at a second tier level, got some really cool specials for voiceover work for you. Check it out on Patreon. Just search Jay Sheldon. You'll find me there. All right. I'm gone. I'm out of here. I have a great rest of your weekend. I will see you on Monday night. Until then, thanks, Miko. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Thanks. Good night, everybody. Yeah.